From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide. Major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation and Memphis Tourism. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Jared Boyd. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we have Luther Russell and Jody Stevens of Those Pretty Wrongs. Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis will be with us to deliver an installment of the Blues Hall of Fame, an exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame here in Memphis, Tennessee, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, JB. This week, we've got those pretty wrongs on the show. Fans of Big Star and the Freewheelers will, of course, know the names of Jody Stevens and Luther Russell from their past output with those landmark bands. But their work together, now across two LPs, is an altogether different experience from what fans might imagine. The first thing longtime fans of both artists might recognize is Stevens' position in the band. The longtime drummer, known for keeping pace on number one record, Radio City, and Big Star's third, is the lead vocalist in this new two-man ensemble. Their self-titled debut was released in 2016 after the two recorded the record with much of the same gear that Big Star used, including Jody's drum set and, believe it or not, a couple of his former bandmate Chris Bell's guitars. The collaboration came together in the end with two men situated miles apart. That's right. They recorded the sessions for the first album on Jody's home turf at the legendary Arden Studios in Midtown Memphis. And then Luther completed the mixes in Los Angeles. When it was time to distribute the record, Arden Records teamed up with California-based Burger Records to get the job done, completing the synergy of this Memphis-Calais connection. The two took their spirit of collaboration a step further when they performed in Memphis with the help of the Memphis Symphony Orchestra to bring their arrangements to life. Both their albums balance stripped down, tight production with an exuberance that begs for an even larger instrumentation. So adding an orchestra was a welcome addition to this sweet, understated, soft rock ensemble. Along with all who were able to be in the room for the performance, we were fortunate to lay our ears on the result of this unique partnership. Thankfully, though it might have been a one-off performance, our listeners get the opportunity to hear it too. And it truly was a beautiful evening. So, JB, you ready to jump into it? Absolutely. Here's Those Pretty Wrongs, live on Bill Street Caravan. Time to lose this senselessness Of happiness with no address A hurt that could be quick to heal Let's put our faith in how we feel A dream to dream in our own way A heaven from our yesterday Need it be a master plan? What more could there be, said Peter Pan? Waiting to live this moment, just been getting by. Waiting to live this moment, time to fly, fly, fly. Fly, fly, fly. 
We're untried but true in trust With God's ring round the both of us Watching as the sky turns blue And you are watching too I know you are watching too Waiting to live this moment Just been getting back Waiting to live this moment Time to fly, fly, fly Fly, fly, fly And nothing is quite as Nothing is promised for the future. Nothing is promised for the future. with no address A hurt that could be quick to heal Let's put our faith in how we feel Let's put our faith in how we feel Waiting to live this moment Just then getting by Waiting to live this moment Time to fly, fly, fly Fly, fly, fly Just a dream away 
Those Pretty Wrongs, live on Bill Street Caravan. Yeah. 
If you'd like to hear the clarinet solo, we'll have CDs and, and LPs for sale, and even cassettes after the show. Burgers are the record. Then there was you 
That was Those Pretty Wrongs, live on Beale Street Caravan. For more info on the band, visit thoseprettywrongs.com. We'll be back with more music from Jody and Luther of Those Pretty Wrongs in a bit. Up next, Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation, and it's also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes. White man's asking about you. Not my favorite set of words, Muddy replied. Which one? From Washington. Damn. Negro can't bootleg without a president of the United States coming for him. What do you want? Robert Johnson? Oh. You better sing for him, man. He gonna put you in the wall. Speck, I will. Muddy caught a ride to the plantation commissary. He walked in barefoot and empty-handed. He saw a man he recognized as not the president. Yasser, Muddy said. Hey, hey, you don't need to yasser me, the man said. I'm Alan Lomax making records for the Library of Congress. Muddy wondered to himself, what the hell was that? Lomax was a young guy with dark hair, a khaki suit, and a record-making machine stuck in the trunk of his big Packard. I do want you to play something for me, Lomax said. Lomax had brought a Martin with him to the commissary. Muddy picked it up, took a knife out of his pocket, and ran it over the strings. Lomax popped off his own shoes and sat back. Within the first verse, Lomax knew he had an artist in front of him. He made a test recording and played it back for Muddy. It was the first time Muddy heard his own voice on record. He thought, I am ready. Lomax thought he needed to get where they could make some records in private. He looked at Muddy's bare feet. How about a ride home, he asked. In the big packet, Muddy directed Lomax to a brown shack floating in a sea of cotton. The cabin could have been there a hundred years. Muddy swept a hand over the cotton fields. I've been pretty much brought up on this plantation. I started working out in the field when I was 10, 50 cents, maybe 75 cents a day. Muddy's 35 Ford sat beside the house. A little vegetable garden buffered the cotton from the back door. There was a hog pen on one side of the house and a chicken run on the other. The chickens cackled and the breeze rustled the cotton. I drive to Clarksdale three or four times a week and have a look around, Muddy said, as he walked Lomax to the front door. Inside, Muddy introduced his wife, his uncle, his daughter, and his grandmother. She took me over after my mother died, he said. Lomax spied the wind-up phonograph machine. A pile of battered 78s stood beside it. May I? asked Lomax. Help yourself, Muddy nodded. Flipping through, Lomax saw a couple of big boy crud-ups, a Petey Wheat straw, a Sonny Boy Williamson, Tampa Red. Who's your favorite? Lomax asked. 
Walter Davis on Bluebird, said Muddy. He sounded like Chicago. Muddy and Lomax went out to retrieve the record-making machine. They lifted it together, think weighed a ton, and carried it with tiny steps to the front porch. They set it heavily on a table. The machine had batteries, glass bulbs, and wire stuck in it, and a device that looked like a phonograph turntable. Lomax asked Muddy to open the window and passed a small microphone into the front room of Muddy's cabin. There, Muddy sat and played his own guitar. The phonograph needle dug a circle into a rotating shellac disc. Lomax asked, Tell me when it was that you made that blues, Muddy thought. I made it about the 8th of October in 38, he said. I was changing a tire on my car. I had been mistreated by a girl. The song fell into my mind just like that I started singing. Lomax asked, what other blues do you remember running on that same tune? My boy put the record out. Robert Johnson, he made walking blues. Lomax's heart began to race. Did you know Robert Johnson? I just see him at a distance when he was through here playing. Did you know that tune before you heard Johnson's record? I learned it from Son House. I've been knowing Son since 29. I followed after him and stayed watching him. Learned how to play with the bottleneck, studying him for about a year. How did you learn? Run home from work and practice, two hours every day. Who was better, Robert or Son House? Huh, they about equal. Lomax left muddy. A year of cotton field work, moonshine, and practice came and went. One evening, an envelope arrived at Muddy's shack. Out came a check for $20 and two copies of a record from the Library of Congress. Muddy cranked up his phonograph and played the song. Well, I feel in my, like I feel today. I'm going to pack my suitcase and make my gear. When I'm troubled. I'm Sharp goosebumps popped along Muddy's spine. With his grandmother's blessing and his record in his hand, Muddy soon called in sick and hopped a train, Chicago bound. Muddy went to his sister's place on the south side and learned the new life. The first lesson came right from his sister. She told him flat out, they don't listen to that old kind of blues you're doing now. Don't nobody listen to that, not in Chicago. Those big, muddy eyes looked a bit ashamed. His sister's husband tried to be a little more positive. You don't have to speak soft in Chicago. You're nobody's boy anymore. His sister's low opinion of Muddy's music didn't stop her from hiring him to play a rent party. From there, he got an offer to play at the neighborhood bar. Sitting down in the corner with his acoustic guitar, Muddy listened. The clatter of everyone standing, packed together, talking, laughing, shouting, clinking glasses, just ate up his sound. At one point, someone even put a song on the jukebox. They didn't even know he was there. Big Bill Brunsey cranked out of a speaker. That gave Muddy something to think about. 
he heard about a jam session and went to a flat where all the names he knew from records were cutting up in person. Tampa Red, Big Bill, and Lonnie Johnson were sitting on folding chairs in the middle of the room, picking and making up verses. Muddy stood there smiling, his eyebrows raised. A slick-dressed black dude named Sammy Goldberg was there scouting for a record company. He and Muddy struck up conversation. Muddy felt like he was standing barefoot in the plantation commissary again. He said he could play Goldberg a song if he'd brought a guitar. When the jam died down, Goldberg asked Lonnie Johnson to lend Muddy his. Lonnie said, no, man, I don't loan my guitar to nobody. Goldberg said, let the man play one piece on the guitar. Lonnie, what he gonna do? He can't eat it. Muddy sat in Lonnie's chair, leaned down to turn a knob on the amp, picked up a beer bottle and slashed the glass neck along the strings. Well, baby, I can never be satisfied. And I just can't get on. Muddy passed the guitar back to Lonnie by the neck. I drown that, Muddy said. I put that in water and drown it. Goldberg put his arm around Muddy and led him away. That's a good mind to have. You should think that, but just don't show it. Goldberg got Muddy into the studio. Muddy recorded his songs, but realized being ready in Chicago required more than being ready in Mississippi. He needed more than his old plantation songs and a Sears Roebuck amp to drown out the constant noise of the city and that old hokum Tampa Red and Lonnie Johnson were putting down. Muddy knew those old guys didn't want any part of him. The words rolled through his mind. You don't have to speak soft. You're nobody's boy. After moving to Chicago, Muddy didn't see Lomax again until 1968, almost 30 years after their first meeting. Martin Luther King had just been assassinated. His followers were completing King's final mission, a massive gathering of working poor people from around the nation in Washington. People rode mules from Muddy Waters' home plantation in Mississippi to join the movement. Others rode in wagons. They paraded into the nation's capital in a downpour and set up tents in the mud. They built a shanty town around the reflecting pool at the Washington Monument. Lomax arranged for some entertainment for the protesters, weary as they were from marching through the mud to the White House. He called Chicago and got Muddy to come play for the Poor People's Campaign. As showtime approached, Lomax hadn't seen Muddy yet. A stage had been constructed at the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Lomax headed over there. Parked in the shade of the towering white temple, Lomax saw a gold Cadillac with feet hanging out its windows. Muddy Waters sat behind the wheel, his pompadour tied up, fast asleep. Little Walter leaned on Muddy's shoulder, snoring, his Florsheim shoes resting on the sill. Otis Spann was sprawled out across the back seat. Muddy's eyes opened slowly. He cocked a sleepy half-grin and said, I'm ready. Half hour later, 
Muddy Waters stood on the spot where Dr. King delivered his I Have a Dream speech and gave his own declaration of power. Thanks for listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. Caravan has brought the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than 20 years. And now you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website or go to iListenToMemphis.com. iListenToMemphis is about Memphis music today, the people who make it, and the places and culture that fuel it. iListenToMemphis.com. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from Memphis Travel, Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and if you've just turned us on, we're in the midst of a spirited, serene evening with those pretty wrongs. The band consists of big stars Jody Stevens and Luther Russell, formerly of the Freewheelers. Of course, both guys have been a part of various groups. In Jody's case, he was an integral part of the band Golden Smog. And Luther started a band called the Boot Hills with Jacob Dylan as a teenager prior to his work with the Freewheelers. Since then, he's done a slew of solo recordings. Luther and Jody, longtime friends, made the leap to bandmates after working together for 2012's Big Star Nothing Can Hurt Me documentary. During a promotional run in support of the film, Jody asked Luther to join him in performing some live versions of Big Star songs. The understated charisma in their chemistry developed there, but it was cemented on their first single, Lucky Guy, backed with Full of Myself, conceived during their early sessions together in Memphis. Lucky Guy finds its way onto their debut record as a standout track. It's an optimistic anthem about being fortunate with what you've got and what you've been afforded in life. It's a fitting ode for a musician like Jody, getting another wind out of a particularly storied musical career. We consider ourselves fortunate to be along with him for the ride. Here's more from Those Pretty Wrongs live on Bill Street Caravan. Oh. 
circles torn and split And the sun cast shadows over it And the harvest moon is come and gone The birds forget to sing their song I'll be there with you
a time to slip away fugitives for a day ah, a gentle breeze and a distant view retreating out to play and gather pieces that chip away
blame or pointing fingers. It's not about shame or pettiness. It's about finding good intentions in a misdirected mess. It's about love and happiness. It's about love and happiness. About us and what we don't. Not about us and what we want. It's about how we feel between us. To do what's best, it's about love. It's about love and happiness. It's about love and happiness. It's about love and happiness. It's about love. It's about love. It's about Such an incredible history and legacy from right here within these walls at Art and Studios. And do you ever sort of feel the kind of allure that this place has for miles and miles and miles, even across the pond? Uh, sure. And it's interesting because I walk through the front door and I walk right by pictures of John Fry, Fred Smith, and John King. You know, all three of them started Ardent when they were like 14 years old. <clears throat> you were talking about reaching people around the world. It's, you know, Fred Smith and John Fry did just that. Of course, John did it with uh, music, and Fred Smith did it with just a brilliant distribution kind of idea. Yeah, there. I mean, there are lots of stories, and 
Lots of great possibilities for people that come here to record. A lot of great, very successful artists and folks that just came in and were paying for studio time themselves and just wanted to come in for the vibe. What is the advantage of making sure that you get into a space like art and studios and also sort of that thing that reverberates off these walls that may even be intangible? In some regard, it is intangible, but it's vibe and it's gear and it's the facility itself. And we have some really cool gear here, but it's just knowing that pretty amazing things have happened here and uh, still can that kind of gives us an edge over uh, home recording. Well, we're here to talk about Those Pretty Wrongs, and you guys had this amazing show in the Crosstown Theater. How important was it for you to do this show with the Memphis Symphony Orchestra in your hometown and in Crosstown, which I know is a place that you've become quite familiar with? Oh, it's incredibly important, and so much fun and gratifying, and uh, there's so much gratitude that we have for the uh, Crosstown Arts folks and, and Todd Richardson and Jenny Davis and Jonathan Kirksey who led the string players and who also wrote some arrangements for us. What an amazing space the green room is. Talking about vibe, the whole Crosstown concourse, you walk in and you, it's this very supportive little community of businesses, but it's always important to play Memphis and to, you know, friends here in Memphis. But in this live setting, was it a challenge at all to take the uh, arrangements uh, as they existed from these songs that you wrote with your friend Luther Russell and give them that sort of symphonic treatment? Yeah, there's a lot of magic in strings and that made it even more exciting for uh, Luther and me to have the string players there with us and uh, have uh, Jenny Davis actually join us on flute on a song or two. You know, are there any similarities for you as a, a player and songwriter between the uh, Big Star repertoire and what you, you were able to do with Luther for those pretty wrongs? Do you feel like there's a similarity between those two catalogs of music? Sure, because I played with Big Star and, uh, you know, that was over a few years, so that music's so much a part of me that it's certainly gonna carry over into those pretty wrongs and what Luther and I do together. Luther and I, too, had the same kind of influences with the Beatles and all that, and then Luther was a big star fan as well. So uh, it all seemed really natural to just kind of carry on and put our own mark on it, but certainly, you know, Alex, Andy, and Chris were all big influences on what we did. You know, when I see you around town, I'm sure a lot of people want to talk to you about big star, but I, I noticed that you, you always seem to truly make a point about this new music that you're doing, and this is two records in for those pretty wrongs. I'm sure it might feel kind of old at some point, that people are so in love with the things that you did in the 1970s when you've got great work that you're doing now. I love talking about Big Star if that's where the interest is, because then I also get to talk about those pretty wrongs. And, uh, you know, if it hadn't been for Big Star, I certainly wouldn't be sitting here at, Ar at Ardent. A lot of great things have happened, and I wouldn't have the platform for those pretty wrongs that we have. So that's cool. Yeah, I know that these two projects have been able to come together through kind of a partnership between Arden and Burger Records. Uh, how is that working sort of a cross-promotion between a California label and a, and a Memphis label? Well, it uh, worked like that for the first record, for our self-titled record, um, in that uh, Burger pressed vinyl LPs for us, and then Arden did all the digital formats and CDs. But the new record, Zed for Zulu, that came out this past September 6th, 
uh, is just Burger Records. Because the Arden Record label is dormant at the moment, but uh, maybe coming back soon. And what's next for you and Luther? Well, let's see. We open for the Jayhawks in June. It starts June 18 in Seattle, 19 in Portland, and 20 and 21 in San Francisco. And we're looking to add a few extra dates, uh, just dates that would be on our own. I know we'll probably play a couple of in-stores, one in Portland and one in Seattle. Looking to go to Spain in November. And uh, I don't know, there could be a date here in April that we're doing. Um, that's We're just kind of figuring that out. So I don't know, hopefully there'll be Australia, but they've had some problems with fires and been talking to a promoter there. Love to go back to England. We were offered a date in April there, uh, but we couldn't work that out. The date itself would have been great. We just needed other dates around it and um, didn't have time to put those together before we had to make a decision. Maybe even uh, we have a couple of seeds planted for, uh, for new songs for the, for the next record. So we'll just kind of keep moving forward, hopefully add some more live dates and keep having fun with this. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jody. Great to see you thanks, always. Jared. Here's more from Those Pretty Wrongs, live on Bill Street Caravan. It's about being grateful for what you have. Woke up this morning a little off track. Slipped out of bed and fell flat on my back But I'm a lucky guy Oh, I'm a lucky guy Flew out of Memphis all the way to L.A. Lost my voice but I still found my way Cause I'm a lucky guy Yeah, I'm a lucky guy When we fall down, we'll get up together. Cause in the end, nothing lasts forever. I see it half empty, I see it half full. Life can be a game of push and pull Still I'm a lucky guy Oh, I'm a lucky guy There are people you know That'll find it hard to hold up But with you I find it hard to give up I'm a lucky guy
That was Jody Stevens and Luther Russell of Those Pretty Wrongs live on Bill Street Caravan. And the best way to keep up to date with these two and their collaboration is through their site, thoseprettywrongs.com. And whenever you see Jody around Memphis, he seems even more enthusiastic about this project than he is about all the great things he's accomplished before. Most definitely, he's a man enjoying this very moment, and he appears inspired by the prospect of charting new paths and allowing his creativity to take new shapes. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, Memphis Tourism, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, and Tennessee Tourism for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use the hashtag #IListenToMemphis. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We'll be back next week, so until then, I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Jared Boyd. And you've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Mm-hmm.